That's a win for the Phoenix Suns. They go to Detroit, and they do what you're supposed to do when you play like the worst team in the NBA. They beat them. They beat the pants off of them. And they now go to 2-0 and on this five-game road trip. Everything you expected tonight, right, Matthew, who's wearing the same shirt as me? <laughs> yeah, we look good, man. Um, yeah, everything we expected last night, surprise win tonight. Kind of a surprise win. You were expecting maybe a letdown, but they held in there, man. Cam- Cameron Johnson was rested. He came in there and rescued us. We look good. Yeah, 16-point victory for your Phoenix Suns. Absolutely uh, demolished the Detroit Pistons, I feel, in pretty much every aspect of the game. And and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the fact that the Kyrie rumors are continuing to, to swirl. We'll talk about the trade deadline. We'll talk about the fact that this is show number 420, Matthew. Show 420. 420. Yeah. I'm, I'm it's exciting. We actually talked about um, Elon Musk tweeted out 420, so he must know. You know, it's a big day for us today. He he he's a he's a fan. He's yeah. a fan. And also joining us on the podcast, you might know him from the Coast to Coast podcast, from the 987 Suns post game show, from KSNR Arizona, from the Believe Podcast Network. Dude, flex from Jersey, like that resume you got is just stacked, bro. <laughs> What's up, fellas? Pleasure to be on, man. I miss you guys. Yeah, it's been quite yeah, some time since too. we had flex. It's funny because Matthew and I were talking. Uh, I think yesterday, and we're saying, I remember a, f- a year and a half ago, we had asked you to be on the show, you know, just, just to talk about the upcoming draft or something. And then all of a sudden, like the CP3 news broke. And then we asked you to be on the show a couple days ago, and then all this Kyrie nonsense happened. So I think what we got to do <laughs> is just start asking you to be on the show more often, and more crazy shit will happen with the Suns. <laughs> I, th- I think you're right, man. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, yo, these guys are in tune. Like these guys, these guys know when something's coming. We <laughs> yeah, guys plan it, it out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not going to hit you up when the Suns are losing like nine out of eleven games. We'll wait until <laughs> you know we turn a corner on something. Uh, but shout out to Black Sunday in the chat, the super chat, flex the goat, twenty dollars in the super chat. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll give you the, the twenty five cents we get from that flex. We'll give to you. Uh, <laughs> we good, baby. You know, but but again, welcome everybody to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast, the original post game podcast on Planet Orange. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts. Drop us one of those five star reviews. We'll read it right here on the podcast. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button while you're here. But uh, we're, it's a Saturday night. You're hanging out with the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm going to d- drink this delicious uh, Detroit Tears IPA. Uh, very hoppy. Very hoppy. Yep. Oh, okay. So, so Flex is pounding <laughs> some Pepsi. And I know, Matthew, you got – it, it's show 420. So Matthew's like he's three – got to be three gummies yeah, right, already, now, right Yeah, yeah. I already popped a couple, you know. All right, so perfect. if I'm gone, just uh, – Remove me from the screen. Just keep going without you. We'll pop them (laughs) if you got them, Suns fans, or smoke them if you got them. Let's talk about this victory over the Detroit Pistons. The Phoenix Suns do what they should do. They TCOB, take care of business in Detroit, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. 
Matthew Flex, I got to ask. This is our 420th episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Do you think to celebrate that the officials were high tonight? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I did. Um, there was nonstop whistles. I think it was like in the second quarter. It seemed like we played maybe 30 minutes of basketball. There was only two minutes in the game. So there were times where it was hard to watch, man, especially a game where you kind of just want to get it over with that the rest were just dragging it along and they were very, very inconsistent. Uh, but it's one of those refing crews that you're just like, all right. I mean, there's going to be a lot of coaches. Their, their butts are not going to be in the seat. They're going to be standing around, you know, like these refs. And that's the way it was almost all game. Yeah, hundred percent. They knew it was four twenty for y'all, so yeah, <laughs> it makes perfect sense, man. I was feeling the same thing. I was like, "Damn, this is dragging a little bit," but um, that's a nightly occurrence in the NBA, man. It's just, it's, it's you, you damn if you do, damn if you don't. Sometimes you got too many whistles, and then sometimes you're like, "Where are the whistles?" So it's like uh, I can't figure it out, man. It's a roller coaster, but I'm with you. It was four twenty. It was because y'all. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the officials blew the whistle eighteen times in the first fifteen minutes of the game. And as a Suns fan, that's the exact last thing you want to see in a game when you're taking on the Pistons, right? You're going against this team that enters the game, and I think they're like 14-39, and 39, right? They just won last night, which gave them their seventh win at home in 26 appearances. They're just a team that just doesn't play well, period. Uh, a, a perennial lottery team, a team that's without Cade Cunningham, a team that doesn't need any assistance to be to, to stay in the game because we've seen it too often, right? When we take on like the Rockets, the Houston Rockets are a team that the Phoenix Suns are one and two against this season. And part of the reason that we're one and two is because those teams who have talent have the ability to stick around in games. They knock down a couple shots, confidence builds, and confidence is a scary thing when you're facing a team like the Detroit Pistons. We're blessed in the fact that the Phoenix Suns were led by DeAndre Ayton tonight and Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson, and they ultimately did not allow those officials to have a an impact on this game. Which brings me to Ayton Watch, guys. Ayton Watch. Ooh, man, we're going to tear DeAndre Ayton down today, boy. Whoo! 31 points, 16 rebounds on 13 of 15 shooting, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. He had two assists. He had a block. Flex even dunked the ball tonight. Can any of the Aiton haters be frustrated with DeAndre Aiton tonight? No. Hell no. I mean, what do you miss two shots? I mean, what, I mean, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm I'm going back to check right now because I think the last time I yeah, 13 or 15. I mean, the dude shot damn near 90%. Like, I got no problem with DA, man. Um, but he did what he was supposed to do against the Piston team tonight. The trio was incredible. But let's stick to DA because that's the question. Um, yeah, one of the one of the better uh, better performances we've seen this season from DA as far as cross the board consistency. So Matthew, do you think yeah. that he's upping his trade value? <laughs> yeah, you know that that's what's so frustrating to watch. It's like I hope it's not because he knows he might be traded. So I'm just we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> dude, tonight, like I feel like this is the best game he had all season. Um, yeah. He started off very very patient in the post. I think that's what kind of led to a good game. I know it's like Bogdanovich is covering him or whatever, but still, like, he was patient. He had some good passes there in the paint. Uh, he got his hook shot off really nicely. Um, it looked fluid because he was taking his time. I think when he comes out to games and starts really, really trying to ramp it up, gets super excited. I think he talked about before in an interview, he's like, I just get so excited when I get the ball because I just – I don't know when I'm going to get it again. Like, he does that a lot, but then tonight it was just like, take it easy. 
and he had those dunks. And I like how it was Bogdanovich, but there was this pass where he's going into the rim and he just tries to dunk it. He's kind of like, he's kind of off to the left, but he still tries to dunk it because he can. And he got the foul called. He missed the dunk, but that was huge. It just kind of set the tone. And with the refing, like he was actually talking to the refs. There was a foul call that they Mm -hmm. didn't call. Usually he'll say something and run down the court and not speak to the ref again. But after the next play, he went back to the ref and explained. And I think it kind of helped, dude. Especially like a game tonight where they keep calling fouls. It's like you got to just say a little thing here or there, and you'll keep going the line. That's what happened, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I really enjoyed is some of the feedback that we notice and provide very vocally on this podcast are those games in which DeAndre Ayton doesn't put forth the consistent energy throughout the game or his shot selection in that He'll fade away from a defender and avoid contact. Everything that he did today was towards the rim. And that is what we love to see. That's why, again, I don't expect DA to go 13 to 15 every time he goes out there. If he's shooting 60%, like that's a huge win. That's that's where he should be living at 6-0. You know, so I mean, that that's eight out of or yeah, eight or nine out of 15. The fact that he went 13 out of 15 is fantastic, but it's the way that he goes about his game that can provide some frustration to people who are overanalyzing his game. And what we saw tonight, as I mentioned, was him constantly and consistently attacking the basket. The way that they were carving the Pistons up with that pick and roll tonight was comical. It was like watching Nash and Stoudemire, who used to PNR people to death until they could stop it. The Pistons could not stop it tonight. And DA is the one who benefited from that because Chris Paul has he he found him every time on that pick and roll and he finished. You know he was he was. I will say this: the the first couple fouls that were called on him were some of the weakest fouls that I've seen, and that's that goes back to kind of our our conversation relative to the officiating this in this game. But what I was most impressed with, I think, is how the Phoenix Suns continued to feed him in the third quarter. How often how, how will we sit there and we'll watch a great performance from DeAndre Ayton in that first half? And this first half was no exception. He had a double-double in the first half. He had 19 points and 10 rebounds. And then we see the Phoenix Suns just vacate any passes to him. Doesn't exist. Well, in the third quarter, he came out. He was 4-4 from the field. He had eight points and five boards. How nice was it, Flex, to see the Suns not go away from DeAndre Ayton. And when they do go away from DeAndre Ayton, why do you think that is? You're, you're on mute. I can't hear you. Sorry, there brother. You sorry. And he's back. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty clear that DeAndre's game is predicated on activity and involvement. And when you go through these stretches where, you know, like you said, it will have a, a pretty good first half and then he doesn't touch the ball, it seems like, for like eight, nine minutes – and, and no hyperbole there. I mean, we've seen it happen. you just like, where's DeAndre? Um, I think that's on Monty, and I think that's on his teammates to understand the type of player DeAndre is. I mean, sometimes everyone is built different in basketball, and DeAndre is one of those unique players that um, you get the best out of him when he's engaged and he feels like he's involved. And so tonight they did a good job of, uh, of doing that. Now, this is a Pistons team that tends to allow you to do that. Um, that's where that's where I'm a little bit like I want to see if they're willing to do that at a higher level versus higher competition um, on a bigger stage. Um, it seems like they tend to do this more in these type of games. But um, I think it's the games 
that have more value and a little bit more higher uh, intensity that we seem to see these these things happen where they go away from him. But um, tonight was terrific, and the trio in general was terrific. I mean, all three of those guys. And I got one thing about DeAndre uh, that's it's kind of becoming a trend. Um, Matt Ishby assists courtside, and there's something different about him. <laughs> so, so I mean, you know, you got the True. owner, you got the new mm-hmm. owner in the house watching him sitting courtside, and uh, you know, I'm I'm saying that uh, tug at cheek, and I'm 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 it's, I'm actually kidding, but I don't know if I am. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, might not be wrong. You got yeah, you got the new owner sitting there watching. I think you put your push, you you put your best foot forward. So, um, but good to see him rock tonight. This was this was impressive tonight. Yeah, it's like when it when everything's on the line, um, when his contract's on the line, when whenever the playoffs, you know, gets heated and he needs to, you know, step up, he usually does. Um, I think it just takes, of course, every player on that team to keep motivating him. John and I went to the game a couple games ago, and we're just watching the bench. Like these guys are on him the whole time. Like they're tapping his chest, chest, telling him like, "Hey, come on, keep going." And he knocks over a chair. I don't know if it's he's frustrated with himself or if he's just like frustrated with you know, maybe not getting the ball, but um, tonight, like they did keep going back to it, which is nice. And he is a player. Like I know they, I forget who was talking about like Derek Henry, the football player, the running back for the mm-hmm. Titans. Yeah. How yeah. he's a player that needs the ball 20 times to really get going. Right. 20 That's to 30 right. times. DA needs that too. But then you also need DA to reciprocate that and just, you know, make sure that he's rolling on those picks, make sure he's doing what he needs to do and he'll get the ball. So he is that type of player to keep going. And I think just the big focus was really with him when he started the game so, like, patient, man. Um, I never seen that. So the the motivation for him maybe happened before the game was something because he hasn't come out and really played that, like, smoothly in a while. You know what I mean? So something had to happen where someone talked to him or something. But that's a constant thing with him, though. Like, these guys have to be all over him all the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was Ishbia who talked to him before the game. He's like, "Listen, right? <laughs> you know, it might have like, been. Yeah, I I need this from you, man. I need this from you because he scored 31 points tonight. It was the fourth time this season he scored over 30 points. 31 points is his season high. Uh, he did that on the 28th of December against the Washington Wizards. It's his first time in his career. He has a 30 and 15 game, and. To Flex's point, you know, you, you don't read too much into these things. It's, it's a victim of circumstance, but the new owner's right there. You know, it's like, hey, man, don't yeah. trade me in a week, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I want to be on this five team. days, man. I want to yeah, be five. here past the next five days. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you start to make some yeah. transactions, like I still want to be here. So, you know, again, yeah. the other side of that is it, this is the fucking Pistons. Okay. Like yeah. he should do this. It's just like a, a couple games ago when he had another one of his you know, really solid performances when they played against Portland uh, or I'm not Portland. God, I'm going way back. Uh, who was it? The Atlanta Hawks when he went for 20 and nine and the game before that Toronto when you know, that we were at Matthew where he went for 22 and 13. Like those are teams with small interiors and de- mm-hmm. don't have a lot of depth behind their, their original five, even last night against Boston, you know, it was, it was 14 and 10. It wasn't anything crazy, but it's the manner in which he did it knowing that they don't have a lot of depth behind it. Like this is what he should be doing. So you will, you get what you get with DeAndre Ayton. You get what you get from the Suns Jam Session podcast on this topic. When he plays well, I praise it. When he when he plays like shit, I call him out on it. That's just the way it goes. And that's, yeah. I guess that's part of being a fan, right, guys? Yeah, and that's the same thing we did with Booker, too. I don't, like, yeah. the worst part about this is when you watch him and you know the trade deadline is coming up, it's like, I really don't want him to trade. I want him to be involved with this going forward, the way he played tonight. Um, 
And a lot of people think like it's Aiden Hayden stuff, but we just know this is in him, obviously. And we did the same thing with Booker, man. And, and like I even told um, um, Suns Geek that, you know what, like three years ago when we started this pod, like I was like, this Booker's going to be the best son when he retires of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was when we were giving him a lot of shit about a yeah. lot of stuff he was doing wrong on the court. And he, he got better, man. So that's the same thing we're doing with Aiden. Well, I just don't know how many people remember Sun's Twitter pre Aiden because it was a lot of holding Devin Booker accountable for his inconsistent yeah. play and the way that his attitude yeah. on the court would be and the way that he would yeah. yell at teammates and things like yeah. that. We used to talk about it all the time, right, guys? Selective yeah. amnesia, man. Yes. You know, it's, it's really selective amnesia. I mean, all these guys at some point have gone through that. The one thing I will say about DA that I've reiterated many times on many shows, guys, and I don't know if I've said it on this show, but I damn sure I've said it on, on the coast to coast and, and other shows. Um, I, and I, and this is something that I, I, I ride and die with Deandre Ayton. There are certain players in basketball throughout my life of watching basketball. There are certain guys that are built for the regular season. And there's certain guys that are built for the playoffs. And um, I don't get I don't subscribe I, I don't get too tied up with DeAndre and during the regular season when he has this roller coasters of you know up and downs because I I, I actually subscribe to the fact that this guy is tailor made and built for the playoffs. Um, it's just one of those things that I believe. Um, I you know I don't know if the stats back me up on that, but I, I just believe that. DeAndre Ayton is a guy that thrives in the playoff atmosphere because everything he does in a playoff game amplifies and it means more. It's almost like baseball, right? You got Mm -hmm. 162 games in a season. And if you're like in July watching a baseball game, you're bored to tears by the third inning. But then when, when October rolls around, every pitch matters. And that's where you start to see the little new nuances and the intricacies of these players. And I think when you're in a position where every possession matters, every defensive rotation matters, every rebound, every block, every kick out, that's where DeAndre thrives. And so um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next – you know, iteration of DeAndre is when we get into the playoffs. Cause I do think there's enough improvement during the regular season to make me feel like he's grown. Um, although I know a lot of people are are down on him. Well, uh, yeah. and, and again, you know, that's, that's part of the, the victim of this beast. That is the jam session, right? Like we are a reactionary <laughs> podcast. Of course we go live yeah. after every game. <laughs> So of we course, no. Guys. I mean, I love yeah. you guys for this shit, man. I, I love know. it. I mean, but John's been on one this year too, man. I've been like, on one. I've been on we're, one. We're you getting know? old. We're getting cranky. It's <laughs> a sciatic nerve. Aches, it's not always so fun. Matter. <laughs> you know, but, but just really quick too. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Go I don't ahead. know. Um, Da he picks it up at this time of the year too. Every time yeah. during the trade deadline or after, that's when he starts to play better. So, anyways, yeah. sorry. And, and what I was saying last night well, when I was at Marley's, I was hanging out there with Dan Duarte and Justin and Paul from Fan of the Flames and Coach Evan B from the He's on Fire podcast. Uh, if only Marley's knew the podcast royalty that was in the house last night. <laughs> you know, we would have got a drink. Comp what was the something. reservation under? <laughs> we made it under Matthew Lissy. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> my man but, Dan told me about that. I was ready to try to get on a private jet or something and go meet y'all, man. It was I, it, it was a good time. Just a lot of good conversation, and that's one of the things that I was saying is like, you know, as, as much as we might be reactionary, I'm not obtuse to the point that I understand that exactly who and what DeAndre Inton 
Aiton is and what his value is come playoff time. Because we hear all those different what ifs, right? Oh, if we just got Nurkic in here, it'd be amazing. It's like, yeah. And then we get played off the court in the first round. Like you can't play DeAndre Aiton off the court in the playoffs in a seven game series. That's where his value truly lies. Now we'll continue night after night asking for the world from him, just like we did Devin Booker for all those years prior to us essentially going, hey, now it's DeAndre Ayton's turn because Booker started to put it together. Uh, but when the playoffs come, to your point, Flex, right. like that's when he displays his value. And statistically, he's shown that as well. It's not like it's, you know, some uh, he had two good games in the postseason. Took us to the finals one year, and he was not the issue in the New Orleans series last year or in the Mavericks series. It was the rest of the players on the bench. So right. we beat that one to yeah. death. Let's, let, let's talk about Mikhail Bridges in this game right. a little bit because he played fantastic again. Mikhail Bridges, 9 of 15 from the field. He and DeAndre Ayton led the Suns with 15 shot attempts each, which they should with Devin Booker out. He was 3 of 7 from beyond the arc. He added in 3 assists, 2 steals, a couple rebounds, and 24 total points. So 31 from DeAndre, 24 from Mikhail Bridges. Uh, Yeah, another great game, right? Backing up exactly what he did in the game against the Boston Celtics. This game, obviously, not nearly as high leverage possessions as was needed last night against the Celtics. But, Matthew, we saw another great Bridges game, man. Like, we just, yeah, yeah. It's just drum. It's fantastic. You know, uh, when he's running those sets that Booker runs and hitting those shots, it's like, you know what? I did say that Booker was untradeable, but maybe we trade him for Kyrie and who knows? Cause the way McHale's playing right now, you know, hot take, just kidding. No way. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the way he's playing though, what is it? 23 points per game in the last 10 games. Mm-hmm. It, it's just crazy how well he's playing. And I love that Monty's still putting a lot on him and you know, games like this, it's kind of a blowout, but then the Pistons kind of make a little bit of a run here or there towards the end of the game. You just know that you can count on him and DA now to really, kind of close it out in their own ways. It's I kind of miss like the old days when the Suns team used to close out games where it used to be like, book hits a shot. Then it's Chris Paul hits a shot. Then McHale. And then Aiden gets a rebound. He gets a block. That was so much fun. Like we'll that get was back there. We'll get back there. And you know what? They're kind of making their way there. And it's going to be interesting when Booker returns this Tuesday, if he is still going to play Tuesday, um, how he adjusts. Yes. He is playing. He's playing too. Yeah, he's he playing. looked like tonight. He looked like he was like, "I'm ready." Um, he he probably wished he was right. back in Detroit playing with Heck all his family yeah. there, man. But yeah, that's yeah. great. But Kale, always same yeah. story. So go ahead, Flex. What do you got, man? No, no, no. Um, I mean, just to just for clarity, man. Book Book's playing Tuesday. Um, cool. Book's doing great, man. I mean, he could have he could have came back uh, versus Atlanta, Toronto. But honestly, the Suns getting on that little win streak you know, bought them an extra week or so. And and so that's the smart thing to do. So, uh, but yeah, we expect Book back. And to Mikel's point, I call him Young Scotty, man. I've been calling him Young Scotty for, for years. You've coined, you coined the phrase about three, yeah. four years ago. Yeah, yes, sir. That's that's my guy, man. And you know what? Um, I've been around a game of basketball, you know, my entire life. And I know enough to know that, you know, sometimes the light bulb goes off a little bit later for guys. You know what I mean? But, the crazy thing is you need the opportunity and you need to be put in certain situations to allow that to happen. And I, I, I know people get tired of hearing me say it. I say it on Twitter a lot, blessings in disguise. Um, this is, this was a blessing in disguise having all these injuries this year because you're allowing these guys to get out of their shell. And now Mikel Bridges is confident. And, and the difference is, um, confidence is usually the last thing that, that comes like you, you play your game 
and you evolve and you work on your skills and you work on certain parameters of your game. And then the last thing that comes is that killer instinct, that confidence that says, yo, I can, I can outplay anybody. I I'm actually the best player on the court. And I'm telling you right now, I'm looking in, I'm looking at Mikhail. I'm watching the tape. I'm seeing a guy that goes on the court now and says, Hey, I'm the best damn player on the court. And, and that is night and day from what we've seen a couple years ago. And so, like, someone asked me the other day, they were like, well, what's the difference if you double book in the playoffs and, you know, you pay? the difference is, is that this Mikel Bridges, if you double book and you get the ball this Mikel Bridges, that guy's going to attack the basket, trust his mid-range game, get to the elbow and do certain things. Mikel Bridges last year was probably going to be okay settling with a three-point shot and moving on. Um, so it's it's a crazy dynamic, and the beautiful part about it is is finding beauty in the struggle is that it's not only Mikael. You're starting to see Cam Johnson now take that you know take that stride. We see it with Da right now. So um, a lot of people want the external help, but I'm a big believer in the guys right now that what they're doing and how they're evolving. Um, that equates to to me, the same thing is getting external help. These guys are different ball players. Um, they're much different than they were before Book got hurt, and uh, it's going to be scary. I just hope he stays aggressive when Book comes back. That's what I so want. That that was my next question for you, Flex. And I know that I've asked Matthew this, and I've posted it on Bright Side of the Sun uh, as well. Is when when Devin Booker returns, will we continue to see this level of aggression? from Mikhail Bridges we know that his shot attempts will go down he's been averaging 14.9 shot attempts with Devin Booker out which is up from 12 when Devin Booker was in so it's not a drastic amount of change the efficiency has been better he's been running a lot of books sets on the floor do we see him ultimately go okay I don't have to carry the load for a while or does he embrace the fact that he is young Scotty and that his Jordan is back now Right. I, I, I think it's the I think he embraces it. And I tell you why he embraces it. This is just my, my opinion on it. I I think he embraces it because he believes it now. That's the key. He That's believes confidence. it now. He he actually believes that he can do these things. And then I think the other part of it is the guy that's coming back believes it too. So it basketball is a weird thing, man. You know, it, it it's it's a beautiful game and Confidence plays a big part of it. I think he stays aggressive because I think he's found his confidence. And I think he's proven to his teammates that he no longer has to play that background. I think that he can now say, hey, book, because because think about this, guys. And I don't want to sound long winded here, but I, I've had this conversation. Think about this. You're Mikel Bridges. And, and when you get CP and book back on the court, um, a younger version of Mikel, there's got to be that one split second where you catch the ball and you say, is is passing it back to book a better shot? Is it is getting it back to Chris a better shot? And and that that plays into the psyche of these guys. But now I think when he catches the ball, he actually may believe, hey, you know what, guys, I can get the better shot here. I can do this. And I think it's reciprocated with the confidence. You see Devin Booker, he's the biggest cheerleader for Mikael Bridges right now. And guess what? Devin Booker is a hell of a smart individual. You know why? Because Devin's playing chess, not checkers. Devin understands it's in my best interest to get the best version of Mikael Bridges because when that happens, you just can't double me no more. So 
yes, I do think that uh, this version of Mikael Bridges is going to be better suited to say, hey, I'm going to keep doing this. And I know that if I keep doing this, it only helps the team. Yeah, I was going to say the same exact thing. Like, I think at the end of games last year where, you know, Mikhail's sitting in the corner, but he's like, you know, we got Chris Paul, we have Devin Booker to hit the shots, a better shot. You know, James Jones says that Mikhail is a winner. He's always won, you know, even in college. So he wants to make sure that the team's succeeding in the right places on the court. And he feels, and he probably felt last year and even the beginning of this year, like if Chris Paul and Devin Booker have the ball, they can get a better shot. Now that he knows he can, like that's going to change a lot. Like if none of these trades come through, because they probably won't or whatever, because we're the Suns, um, we can rely on him, man, because he's just that accurate. So I'm just saying, like this, this is something that down the line, like he knows, like my shot is just as good as Booker's shot and yeah. Chris Paul's. Now that Chris Paul's taking a step back, kind of, you know, he's he's not like the 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 guy last year where he was ending games by himself. Mikhail's been stepping up, so that's huge that he recognizes that going forward. Yeah. And another guy who's been playing fantastic since his return. He's had a couple off games uh, and didn't play last night was Cameron Johnson, who we'll talk about after this message from DraftKings. Hey, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you get a free bet back. Bet on them Phoenix Suns to win the championship. They're plus 1,900 right now. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. There you go. Yo, Matt. Yo, Matt. Yo, Matt. I love you, dog. That was awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I'm in Phoenix, I'm picking you up because you're making it rain right oh, now. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's all the director and John right there, man. We went through a lot that day, you know. And uh, I think <laughs> back in the studio, we have to or back to the set because we got to make some more. Yeah, so. we got to make some more because, you know, we, we got this yeah. DraftKings sponsorship now. So we have to do new commercials all the time. And I don't like sitting there and reading it. So I just make a – Matthew and I make a commercial. He's the man with the golden gun, right? My brother, you'll again. fit in in New York City, baby. You make it <laughs> yeah. rain out here, man. Yeah, I love That's it. good to know. Yeah, I'll it. bring it and see it. how it works out. I'm scooping you up with that gold gun. I'm scooping you up. <laughs> cool. I'm excited. Uh, let's talk a little Cam Johnson. Lights, Cameron, action. 23 minutes played tonight for Cameron Johnson. I thought that Monty Williams did a really good job with his rotations. Playing him about six minutes a quarter was his game plan. Ended with 20 points. Ended seven of nine from the field, including three of four from beyond the arc. Couple rebounds, couple assists, couple steals. I really am impressed with the way that Monty Williams, as I mentioned, is reintegrating him into this offense following an injury. Right, He's giving him a night off here. He's only playing him six minutes because he was the first guy out and Dario Saric came in. And this is the advantage of having Dario Saric give you quality minutes is you have the flexibility to do this. These are the things that the Phoenix Suns lacked for the back end of December and the majority of January was the sheer depth to do things like this, is to have players come in, 
play for six minutes, take a night off, get some rest, play the long game instead of the short game, and the Phoenix Suns are winning basketball games because of it. Um, so Cameron Johnson took last night's game off and we were like, well, shouldn't you take this game off? I guess Monty knew what he was doing. I mean, the way the Suns have been playing defense, it's been, you know, nonstop hustle and they're keeping in these games for that reason. Um, but dude, Cam Johnson, he'll give you a quick 20. Like, I mean, it was only 22 minutes played tonight, 20 points, three for four from three. And I just, I love his energy tonight, man. And he, you know, this team might've been tired, but I feel like with his energy coming in it just kept it kind of evenly balanced all game for the rest of the team. And they fed off of that. Cause he just, he doesn't do a lot of celebrating and stuff to really get that kind of energy that way, but just the way he plays and then he hustles on the court. I think this team really feeds off of it. Yeah, man. I, I love what I'm seeing from killer cam right now, man. I mean, he's, he's grown up uh, tremendously coming back from this injury. Yeah. And you know, you know, what's crazy. I was having a conversation with someone before cam came, came, came back. And, um, you know, so, sometimes having an injury and sitting on the bench and watching the game slow down and watching what your teammates are doing in the spots where you should be at and, and seeing what's really required from you, sometimes that does wonders for players. Um, and and I, I went through it myself firsthand, being able to just sit down and say, okay, you know, while I was playing – this is the way I was digesting the game and then being able to sit back on the, on the bench and just see it with my own eyes. Um, it kind of slows things down for you. And that's what I think I've seen from Cam Johnson. I think he's really found his niche and he, he completely understands the role that he needs to play and how he needs to execute it. Um, he looks more balanced. He looks more, um, not, not so sped up. Uh, he also looks like he's taking a page from Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges because I'm seeing him, you know, run people running him off the three line, two, three dribble into the middle, nice little mid-range jumper. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these little things are things that I think he's been able to acquire during his time out. And um, he's growing uh, unbelievably, guys. I, I think Cam has got a bright future. And that's a guy that I think uh, his gravity alone Without him even he Cam is a type of guy where he doesn't have to put the box he doesn't have to light up the box score. I really believe when you got the right lineups out there, his gravity and his ability to shoot and the fact that the other players in the league and coaches understand this this guy's got a chopper on him. You know what I mean? Like yes, he, this is this is no joke. So I love what I'm seeing from Cam on on at every level, energy, defense, and offensively. Well, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to trade deadline and Kyrie. So let's get into the subreddit stakeout real quick. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Oh, you got the oh, wigs. Man. They asked him yeah, for the man. wigs. He yeah. brought the wigs so I was, back. I was hanging out on the Detroit Pistons <laughs> subreddit during this game. Undercover as, as per usual because I don't want them to know that a Suns fan was hanging out in their midst. And uh, as you would suspect, it's kind of a kind of a dark, lonely place if you're a sub, if <laughs> yeah. you're a fan of the, the Pistons. But here are a few of the highlights, some of the notes that I found. One said, Aiton always turns into prime wilt against the Pistons. So there's a team that definitely knows what <laughs> you're laughing at, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> a lot's going on right now, dude. <laughs> uh, Aiton heard all the hate from Detroit and really just went off with somebody else's statement. Uh, this team would be unwatchable without Bojan. Nothing like having a pure shooter. Uh, the team was rooting for Saban. Obviously, Saban leaves, spent some time in Detroit. 
Uh, they're saying Saban Lee revenge game incoming. And, and you saw that a little bit in the way that he played. He was a ball hog at times in this game simply because he wanted to show up and show out against his yeah. former team. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bo, Bo John boxing out eight and like a security guard escorting a heckler out of a political rally. It was very descriptive. Uh, why does a shit tier developing team decide to be heliocentric around a 33 year old forward who has no long term role in the organization? It's a valid question. Uh, and then somebody said, careful, people here will downvote you if you don't suggest Casey's a championship winning coach with Bogdanovich, a Hall of Fame level player just entering his prime. Fucking idiots embrace the worst team in the league, putting the ball in the hands of a balding 44-year-old 100 times a game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really, that, that, this is the Damn, state of dude. the Pistons, man. Yeah. Um, losing this bad to a Suns team without Booker's bad. When Torrey Craig is torching you, it's worse. And then the last highlight I had was Paul is so good at point guard. It's so un, uh, To be that unselfish is so rare now. We spend a lot of time on the subreddit stakeouts on different games. I think it's the first time I've ever seen anyone actually compliment Chris Paul. Everyone yeah, talks. You never about, get that. You never get ever. that. So, <laughs> so tip of our cap to the Suns, uh, the, the Pistons subreddit. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. My headphones are caught in the hair. <laughs> Not used to having <laughs> hair. With the thing. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let's hand out the jam star real quick because I want to talk about Kyrie and and trade deadlines. And stuff. Jam star of the game. All right, Flex, you're the guest. Who's your jam star of this game? DeAndre. DeAndre, man, got to give it to him. You missed two shots. You scored 31 points. You grabbed 16 rebounds. You missed two shots. Your team wins by 16. Yes, yeah, DeAndre. <laughs> Matthew. Yeah, yeah. As much as I hate the guy, DA. Just <laughs> yeah, no. DA for sure, man. And I uh he just want this all the time. It's not gonna always happen, but I love it when it happens, dude. <laughs> I'm going to cheat on this one and I'm gonna, gonna give it to the mighty trio of DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, and Cameron Johnson. They combined well, like for that. 75 points in this game. <laughs> Fucking awesome together, 70, dude. 75 like points, and they missed a total of let's see, two, four. Uh, 10 shots and six Dang. of those came from McHale. Jeez. You know, J Johnson missed two, eight missed two, Bridges missed six. He was nine and 15. I mean, that's just that's ridiculous right there. So, yeah, uh, kudos you again win. to you, win. <laughs> yeah, but but kudos again to the bench. You know, I think Sarich, Wainwright, Jock Landell had a good game. Uh, you know, the Lees were okay, but I just think all in all, uh, the proper performance, if you will, when you play the Detroit Pistons. So, uh, before we talk about the next game, obviously, everything that's going on with Kyrie, the trade deadline, but, but let's just start here. You know, for those of you who haven't listened to the Coast to Coast podcast, make sure you go check that out. Uh, I'm guilty. I haven't listened to it yet either. I haven't I didn't do any yard work today. That's typically on the weekends when I like pop it in. And I let Flex and Dan talk to me while I'm mowing the lawn and such. <laughs> uh, but Flex, you know, Kyrie to Phoenix. What are you hearing? Uh, I'm hearing it's very real. I'm hearing it's very real, and I'm I'm hearing it's not um, it's it's not something that just popped up yesterday because Kyrie uh, requested a trade. Um, it's very real. The interest is real. Um, I I I do believe there's a good chance that if if everything falls the right way, Kyrie Irving could be in Phoenix. Um, I really do. 
Now I know that's a polarizing figure. It really that's, is. That's a, that's a polarizing personality. And I know that um, a lot of people didn't see this coming, but I do believe that my conversations behind the scenes, there's, there's a lot of good reason uh, why this makes sense. Um, and it's going to get very, uh, it's going to get very interesting. Um, I, I will say this, I recorded the coast to coast podcast yesterday and, uh, I was telling Dan earlier, I'm a little upset that we recorded that episode because after that episode, I went to bed at 4 30 AM yesterday talking to contacts and today's been crazy and things changed like the weather. And so there are some things that I did say on that podcast yesterday that have absolutely changed. Um, and, uh, it's, it's getting interesting guys, but I will say this, this isn't, this isn't just some pie in the sky thing. This is really happening. These are, these are real discussions and there's some real big dogs that are talking about this. Um, Matt Ishbia being one of them. And so, uh, it's, it's real. <laughs> I, I don't know any, I don't know any way to put it, but it's, it's very real and, uh, it, it could happen. So this is, this is something you got to keep an eye on and, and pay real close attention to. Um, Chris Paul coming off the bench. Is that something you guys talked about on the pod or was that your pod or some other pod? That, is that, that what, that's yeah, true? that, that was my pod. And, uh, okay. that, that is part of what, um, what changes was what, probably changed. Um, okay. That's the first you know, thing I thought of when I heard you say that. So. Li- listen, w- without, without, you know, let, let's open it up, you know, guys, it, it gets touchy sometimes because, um, I gotta be very careful about how I say things and, and what I say. Yeah. to protect contacts and relationships. But I'm, I'm just going to open it up, man, because I, I think this is stuff that's going to eventually come to the surface. Um, the Phoenix Suns are very, very real, very much in on Kyrie Irving. Um, and I do believe that at this point, they're trying their best to try to acquire Kyrie Irving without losing Chris Paul. But the information I've gotten in the last, you know, 24 hours, um, it looks like, it's, it's probably going to take Chris Paul to get Kyrie Irving. And uh, that's something people are going to have to live with. And, and you're going to have to really dig deep and understand that if you want a 30-year-old point guard who's an all-star, who besides all the other stuff off the court, um, is arguably one of the best point guards to ever do it, talent-wise. Mm-hmm. And a 30-year-old point guard that could team up with a 26-year-old Devin Booker for the next four to six years, assuming that everything between the ears can stay together. Um, that's a dangerous dynamic, but now you're talking about a situation where if Brooklyn puts you on a line and says, Hey, you want Kyrie, we can do this, but it's going to require Chris Paul. Um, I, I think it's something people have to come to reality with um, because you, I don't want to sound long winded. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Um, the writing is on the wall. Chris Paul is 38 years old. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you have to really think about the fact that, you could potentially be talking about four more months of Chris Paul and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, this summer, there's going to be some tough conversations. And so if you told me right now, I'd have to give up four months of Chris Paul for four years of Kyrie Irving. I don't, I don't think I'm hesitating, brother. I, I really don't. So it's going to get very interesting and we can get it a little bit more further in, in some of the details as we progress, but that's, that's where I'm at right now. And that's, you know, I'd put together kind of a, when I first heard the news, my first initial inclination was just that <clears throat> if you want to make the money work, it's Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, right? For Kyrie like that straight up, that works as a trade that works. Yeah. It's mutually beneficial. 
You give to the Brooklyn Nets, the point God. You give him Jake Crowder, who is a proven playoff commodity, uh, a physical guy, a 3 and D guy that could help that team. And so that's how it could be mutually, mutually, mutually beneficial for the Nets. And the Suns get Kyrie Irving for at least the next four months, right? That being said, Jay Crowder, his contract expires at the end of the year. Chris Paul's contract is not fully guaranteed next season, knowing that's that right. he's 38 years old. So you have to kind of look at what is your risk reward when it comes to this. What makes this conversation not a shoe in for the majority of Phoenix Suns fans is the extracurricular activities of Kyrie Irving statements that he's made attitude that he's made. Uh, uh, He's not a team first guy. He's a me first guy that can, that concerns a lot of people. And I go back to the pure basketball talent, but he is, and that's where I kind of live at. And I, I can, I can understand and empathize with the other side of that conversation and why those concerns might exist. But you also have to look at like this as, as flex just said, you can either not give up Chris Paul and, and Jake Crowder, and they're both gone at the end of the season. Yeah. Or you could bring in Kyrie Irving, who could give you it all, his all for four months, help him potentially win a title, and then have conversations in the offseason. Maybe if this culture is something that he agrees with, with James Jones, with Monty Williams as his head coach, with Devin Booker playing alongside him, it might be something that can at least tame him, if you will, knowing that he'll always end up being a me versus a we kind of player. Now, that being said, again, like, like Matthew, how, how do you feel about that? It's tough. I mean, there's so many different directions you can go. Um, the first direction is which I'm leaning towards is getting Kyrie just because of what you guys are talking about. Jay's going to be gone. Chris Paul, as much as we love him, that's the thing. The attachments we have with these players is the worst part because we're winning. Yeah. We love all these guys. Even a lot of us still love Jay. Um, you know what I mean? So that's the, that's the hardest part. But then basketball, for basketball reasons, for winning reasons, you have to get a guy like Kyrie. I mean, what was it like six years ago when he went to Boston? Like we had a chance to trade for him. Everyone wanted Josh Jackson instead. Like yeah. there's a lot of that. So it's like 50-50, man. Like it's seriously, it's right down the middle. A lot of these polls are thrown out on Twitter. Do you want them? Do you not? It's 50-50 almost every time. So it's going to be hard. If we get Kyrie and, you know, we lose CP3 and it doesn't work out right away and it takes some time, right, to adjust, that's when it's going to be panic here. And I just think that, People have to realize that even if it's not this year, in the long run, when you have Booker and Kyrie as your backcourt, that's fucking insane. Yes, yeah, insane. Insane. For, for the next, for the next, you, you know, here's the one thing. I, I and I'm sorry, guys, I didn't want to jump in. You're but, good. No, go ahead. Man. Um, I, I will say this. Um, this is not something that is just coming to light now. Um, Matt Ishbia, some of the people. I don't want to. I don't want to say too many names right now. But there are some new people that are going to come in that are going to be advising Matt Ishby on basketball. Steve Nash. Okay. Uh, I'll let you say names, right? I I, I know. We asked James Jones about it the other day. So, so, you know, you got guys like Steve Nash. You got guys like, you know, Isaiah Thomas. You got guys around the NBA that have been around the game a long time and are advising Matt Ishby. And I will say this. The first thing I'm confident in saying, is that if the Phoenix Suns were to make this deal, um, I, I do not think there's going to be any question that Kyrie Irving is going to sign a deal with the Phoenix Suns. That That's number one. Um, so I, I, I don't think the worry that people have about if we get Kyrie, will he leave this summer? Um, I don't think that. I think the right people are involved. Again, Matt Ishbia, 
Monty Williams, James Jones, Devin Booker has a great relationship with Kyrie Irving. Um, there's a lot of background things that will, again, come to the surface later. But I think that's that's a big reason why I don't want to subscribe to uh, the whole Kyrie thing and what he's done in the past. Let me tell you something, guys. I'm I'm out here in the New York, New Jersey area. Kyrie Kyrie went to high school in my t- you know what I'm saying in my yeah. town. Like you know, he's out here with his people, and I I subscribe to the fact that I think that's a big part of the problem. I think Kyrie needs to get out of this area and get into a market where he can kind of take a deep breath and and get away from a lot of the distractions that come with playing in your hometown. Okay, um, so I, I think that helps with Phoenix. But at the end of the day, I like the deal because at, from a basketball perspective, what Matt and both of you guys have reiterated, you, you're potentially putting the best backcourt in basketball on your team for the next four to six years. You know, Kyrie's 30. Book is 26. And he's still um, got Aiton and still got Bridges and, and, and he's still, still got Cam Johnson. Right, right, right. And And I also believe that, you know, this summer is going to get interesting. Man. So uh, the, yeah. this, the future is bright for this basketball team. Are they going to actually pull the trigger? Trigger? Who knows? But I will say this: I do think the Brooklyn Nets are intrigued with Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. I think there's a, you know, there's a reason why Jay Crowder is very important to the Brooklyn Nets. I think they still feel like they can compete in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. and they're trying to prevent the Milwaukee Bucks from getting that guy. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like killing two birds with one stone from that aspect. Um, I also do think that Chris Paul can still be very efficient, but I think playing in the Eastern Conference will be ba- very beneficial to Chris Paul. You get away from having to play Luca and Ja and Steph Curry and Dame and some of the guys that kind of put him to the task and, mm-hmm. and make him work. And so uh, I think it, you know, Chris Haynes sent out the tweet yesterday, and I know people saw it. Um, and I think he was dead on when he said that. I think this is a deal that keeps both teams in championship contention and allows the Phoenix Suns to be extremely dynamic when you're talking about Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre. And you're not compromising any of your depth either. No. Because one guy's not playing, and the other guy, it's just you're swapping out the position. Would it just be those two, though? Would it just be another pair? No, 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 no. no. Okay, cool. I'm being told told right now that – it looks like if it come push comes to shove and you and, and you get down to the wire, I think the Nets will be okay with Chris Paul, uh, Jay Crowder, and potentially a protected pick. And there are some rumblings of maybe need to add a second pick. I will tell you some information I just got before this show. Uh, the Lakers situation is not looking good. That was my um, next question. Is okay. obviously the, you know they talked about the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Mavericks are the three <laughs> mm-hmm. other teams that are in the running, if you will, for Kyrie Irving. What do you feel about their situations? I was just on the phone before I got on the show, man. And uh, let me tell you something. The Lakers situation has taken a significant turn for the worse in in the last couple hours. Um, You know, right now, my understanding is the Lakers only want to give Kyrie Irving a contract that matches up with LeBron James. Okay. They are very hesitant to go past two years. And uh, I'm being told Kyrie's camp is not is not with that. And uh, and and that has put a real big roadblock with the Lakers. Now, I was told in the same breath, watch out for the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat and they're trying to get aggressive. 
Um, but I was also told that they don't have the draft capital or the flexibility in regards to draft capital that the Phoenix Suns have. So it may be a situation where the Suns and the Mavs are having a bit of a bidding war, but I think the, the Brooklyn Nets are more comfortable with going to Kevin Durant and saying, hey, if I gave you the choice, and, and we may be trading you this summer, but for right now, if I told you you're going to make a run in the Western Conference, who'd you ha rather have, Chris Paul and Jay Crowder or Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie? Mm -hmm. I, I, think, I think the consensus I'm hearing is that Kevin Durant is going to say, give me Chris Paul and Jay Crowder and let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because so, they know how to play up. Right, and, and, and so – it's going to get interesting. The Clippers are a dark horse, and they're a team that um, is lingering. But right now, based on the conversations I'm having, the leaders in the clubhouse are the Suns and the Mavericks at this very moment. That could change 10 hours from now. But mm -hmm. right now, I'm hearing the Suns and the Mavericks are the leaders. And I think if the Phoenix Suns want Kyrie Irving, they can have him. They, well, they can get him. And, and the other thing that people have to realize is with Matt Ishbia purchasing the team and having that become official on the 8th, the day before the trade deadline, is typically new owners like to make a splash right off the bat, right? Bringing Steve Nash around the organization is an instant win for Matt Ishbia, but also pulling the trigger on a trade like this or, an, or another trade period uh, yeah. is something that will definitely resonate with fans. And that, that kind of takes me to my next question for both of you guys is as we look at other guys, obviously Kyrie Irving is the big name uh, flex. We wanted you on here just because the trade deadlines a week from now, we wanted to know, you know, are there any rumors you're hearing? Is there anyone that you're targeting? Like I've got a million trade ideas. I'm like, dude, what do we got to do to get like Alex Caruso here? You know, like right, what, right. What, uh, Matisse Thibel, let's bring him over. I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Matthew, do you have any names that you're kind of cued in on right um, now? Well, this is like the summer when Katie's brought up. I didn't care about anybody else. You yeah. know, um, there was nobody <laughs> else that I wanted because I just knew that we needed Katie to win something. Uh, we need right. Kyrie to win a title. We need at least Katie, maybe two to win a title. Um, OG was always a name, right? OG mm -hmm. and Nobi. But now it's like you hear Burns and Gambo or Burns, sorry, Gambo, just yeah, Gambo, Gambo himself. Yeah. He's squashed everything else out there. Like Kyrie, I feel like is the only one still available. Like right now, it's mm -hmm. floating out there that he did not kill. Um, so like you, <laughs> you and him are the ones I listen to the most because you guys are always usually 100 accurate. Um, I just think that I don't care about anybody else. I just want Kyrie. And really quick too, before like you answer John's question, but the whole thing with Kyrie is people are worried about him coming here and destroying a franchise. Right? Mm -hmm. When you become a superstar in the league. I feel like you can go and kill any franchise, no matter what, no matter what Kyrie did. Look at LeBron. Look at Anthony Davis. These guys, Anthony Davis left the pelt. Like these guys can do what they want on their teams. They can leave when they want. And I just, the only thing I was kind of worried about is like, did KD know that Kyrie was going to do this? Is this something that he knew about? I don't know if you would know that you can go ahead and answer John's question. And I just wanted to know that before we got off the pod. Yeah. So uh, real quick, just to answer the KD Kyrie thing. Um, those guys are good friends, man. And at the end of the day, what KD was going to do this summer, um, you know, Kyrie was okay because it's a business. And, and it's the same thing I'm hearing from KD's perspective. You know, okay. at the end of the day, this is a job. And the Nets are refusing to give Kyrie Irving the security that he wants. And so I, I don't think Kevin Durant has a problem with that. And, yes, those guys talk, and I don't think this is a problem. I'm going to tell you guys, I'm, I'm having a hard time, not with you guys, but just in general, because I'm 
it's it's tough to say what I want to say, knowing that there's certain things I yeah. can't say right now. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: this has been percolating and 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 potentially being orchestrated for some time. And I'm gonna promise you, I'm gonna come on this show. And if the Suns get Kyrie Irving. I'm going to be able to tell you some stuff, but I, I will say this. You can just text it to me all right now. Flash. I, I will, brother. I will. You, you know, write a piece on it. <laughs> you, you know what, guys? Sometimes you see things uh, around the game of basketball, and you just chalk them up as that's just normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes uh, when you have some of this information, you see it happening. You're like, oh, man, that's that's not normal. So, there, you know, there's a reason why there were certain people in the building at a certain time a couple weeks ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Try to connect the dots, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but there's a reason why certain people were around. There's a reason why certain dates are being talked about a lot. And so this is not new. The Phoenix Suns have been sitting on this Jay Crowder thing for a reason. People were saying, why they why they haven't Drake create? Well, you know. When you know some of these things, you just got to be patient. And so um, I, I, I know I kind of ventured off a little bit here, but at the end of the day, um, I'm with Matt on this. I, I think right it's now. It's the only one that matters? It, it's not that it's the only one that matters, but based on the conversation I'm having, it's the only one that's really intriguing the people that which, matter. Which makes sense because we talk about other transactions and we have – Throughout the entire front end of this season, that's that's what we do. We talk about Kyle Kuzma, but we talk about what it would take to get a Kyle Kuzma here. You hear the OG Ananobi talks on like no dunks. It's like three first round picks and this and this and this. It's like, listen, you can't leverage the entire future for somebody who isn't necessarily worth all of that. When you talk about Kyrie, that's when you could really start to say, yeah, maybe two first round picks, maybe three first round picks. It's Kyrie Irving. But again, Due to the uniqueness of the situation, the leverage is completely in the advantage of the Phoenix Suns here because it's you get something that's going to allow you to continue to compete this season or you get nothing, and Kyrie yeah. leaves at the end of the season. So it's not the same thing as like a Kuzma who is a, who is an expiring, or, or, or I believe he has a player option next year, or an OG Ananobi who, yeah. who's under contract for multiple seasons. Uh, and that's what's the uniqueness of the situation. So I guess I'll, I'll end it with this question. This takes me back to like the KD stuff this past mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. Are we, is James Jones being, God, what's, what's the right phrase I'm looking for here? It was the same thing with KD this last offseason, right? M- M- Matthew mentioned it. We were so focused on KD that unfortunately nothing else happened around this organization because it was kind of like, hey, KD or bust. Are the Suns going to do the same thing with this trade deadline where it's like it's Kyrie or bust? So if the Kyrie thing doesn't fall through, if the Mavericks end up getting them, do they have a secondary and tertiary option to try to assist in improving this team and move on from Jay Crowder at the same time prior to the trade deadline occurring? Yes. yes. Handcuffed. That was the word I, I was looking for. Yes. L- listen, I, I will say this. I said something on the coast to coast last week. Um, the Suns are trying to be very careful and not be stupid. Okay, and and being stupid is, you know, giving up a first round pick or two first round picks for a guy that's going to marginally move the needle. 
Exactly. And so I I think the Phoenix Suns right now looking at this as a unique opportunity, but it's a five-day. I want to stress this. It's a five-day window to get Kyrie Irving and execute this because if he gets past the deadline, you have no shot at getting Kyrie as a free agent due to cap stipulations, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two is, yes, I do believe that they're looking for guard help um, inevitably, and if they don't get Kyrie, I still think they're going to trade Jay Crowder, and and they're going to add some pieces that are going to help them be a little bit more competitive. But I think at that point, they may potentially be okay with kicking the can down the road and waiting for the summertime because the Suns are looking for a big fish, guys. They they are realizing that Devin Booker – is about to enter the prime and they are not trying to waste too many years of Devin Booker's prime. And so um, you, you, if you, if you take in and you prioritize this year, if you don't get Kyrie Irving and you prioritize this year and it doesn't work and you handcuff yourself in the summertime, that's going to be very bad business. And so I do think Kyrie is the priority. I do think if they don't get Kyrie, they still will trade Jay Crowder and potentially add some pieces that will help them out. But I don't think they'll do it at the cost of handcuffing themselves in what's going to be a tremendously big summer that could include guys like LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant again, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So Matt Ishbia and, and his advisory group are coming in here trying to secure the future. And um, if that means kicking the can down the road into the summer, if you can't execute this Kyrie thing, I'm okay with it. I, I honestly am. Yeah, and – the way the Suns are now, you know, they're a destination for um, a lot of guys. But we, we're at a point where if this goes through with Kyrie, we're going to be a championship contender for years and years out. Like, not even with Kyrie on this team, but you just know this team, this this front office is focused on building everything around Booker to make sure that every year yeah. we have a chance to win a championship. Right now, we don't. If we get Kyle Kuzma... May I don't I don't know you know what I mean like if that if that happens I don't know I don't think so so this stuff has to happen it has to break your heart a little bit as a Suns fantasy Chris Paul leave and stuff like that but we want to win a title and I think it's just every year now it's going to be who's out there who could we get because these guys want to come here to play with Booker and then now maybe we have the money to go get these guys so that's the focus I feel like every year and it should be and that's awesome. Like we should be excited about this. I feel yeah. like a lot of people are kind of down and upset. It's like, dude, they're trying to put the best players on the court for us to beat the team we lost to like last year, like the Mavericks or whoever we're going to lose to like the Warriors. You know what I mean? Like we have to be excited about this. I don't, I don't understand why it's so kind of sad. It's Kyrie. Because dude, it's Kyrie because maybe, it's polarizing. Yeah. He's eccentric. You know what though? You, I'm sorry, man. You know what? People didn't it. want Chris Paul. Oh yeah, amen people to that. didn't want Chris Paul. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I remember a day. I remember a day <laughs> where people. I, I mean, I remember Charles Barkley. I mean, trying to spit on a guy and hit a little girl. I remember Charles Barkley throwing a guy out of a restaurant in Milwaukee. I mean, you know, these th- those things happen. Let's not forget that mm-hmm. there were people that didn't think Charles Barkley was a good fit in Phoenix. Guess what? Mm-hmm. That worked out pretty damn good. Yes, sir. Um, and the same thing with Chris Paul. So. Um, th- these are rare opportunities. I'm sorry to cut you off, brother. No, I you're, just had to you're say 100% that, you know? right, though. The fact that uh, uh, somebody who is as talented as Kyrie Irving has the potential to put, to, to put on a Phoenix Suns uniform, these are exciting times, Suns fans. Enjoy this. How long have we gone when the free agents come around and they're just like, oh, yeah, we're the Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. So we'll see. 
plenty of things that are going to happen this upcoming week. Uh, Flex, we thank you for your time. We thank you for hanging out with us once again. Again, by pure dumb luck, all this crazy shit happened. But we'll we'll have you on again uh, once this all happens so you can tell some of those fun stories because I know you got some yeah. fun stories. Uh, but again, Jamsters, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Hit that thumbs up button while, you, while you're here. Subscribe, rate, review, all of that fun stuff. We'll be coming to you live. What's our next game? Is it is it Tuesday in Brooklyn? Tuesday, yep. Tuesday in, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, baby. Oh, yeah. shit. Tuesday in Brooklyn, <laughs> baby. And, and I'll be all yeah. around it, so hit me up, guys. Yeah, we might have you come on again, man. So <laughs> I might. I might. Uh, I might right from the hotel. Let me know. <laughs> Flex, uh, <laughs> let us know where everyone can follow you, my man. Hey, Flex from Jersey on Twitter. Flex from Jersey on Instagram. Um, and again, Coast to Coast Podcast, 98.7 Post Game Show, KSRN, and occasionally on Fox 10 Phoenix with my guys, uh, uh, Richard Sainz. Richard Sainz, yeah. Richard Sainz, I'm sorry. Yeah. Matthew, where can we find you? At Nonstop on Twitter, um, and also uh, <laughs> at Suns Jam. At Nonstop, shut the fuck up. And you can follow me at Darth Void. You can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. So, again, Flex, we appreciate your time. Matthew, get us out of here. Go home, love your family. Love family.